Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lunchables podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, proudly part of the Believe Podcast Network. And each episode will be covering 90s, 2000s, film, TV, and pop culture. I'm not alone. Each episode, I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. Thank you to Weedis for the intro music. We are back. We are kicking off 2022 with our 70th episode. Yes, that's right. 70 episodes of the Relunchables. And what better way to start the new year than with the 1999 classic HE Double Hockey Sticks. Will Friedle, Matthew Lawrence, Gabrielle Union, you really can't beat it. Next week, we're going to be having on the director of the movie, Randall Miller. But this week, we are joined by the duo, the dynamic duo, Big Al and his brother Matt, to break down what may be the greatest hockey movie of all time. So I couldn't exactly find a trailer for HE Double Hockey Sticks. But I did find a promo clip in Spanish, so let's roll with that. Take it away. En algún lugar de las profundidades. Belcebú quiere verme, colegas. <risa> donde hace calor, mucho calor. Quiero que subas a conseguir un alma, así que en marcha. Marcha, dicho, de eso tengo de sobra. Al oro, al oro. Marcha, raudales, rebozo, marcha. ¿No se lo decía? Mucha marcha. ¡Ritmo! Uh. ¡Ya basta! Tendrás que demostrarlo en Un Demonio en la Pista. Mañana a las 7 de la tarde en Disney Cinemagic. ¿Quiere fuegos artificiales? Pues los tendrá. Ya lo creo. Okay, let's kick this off. This week we are joined by both Big Al, who's who's back on the podcast after a after a brief hiatus. Um, oh, we don't have to one go week, that. one week hiatus. <laughs> One week hiatus, and and of course, you know, uh, Matt is is on again. Alex's older brother, uh, Matt. Thank you for coming back to the Relunchables. Bigger Matt. All right, I think we've settled on that name. <laughs> uh, you know, I I think we look at the numbers for Paper Brigade, and uh, it the results are in. Alex is out. You know, mm-hmm. this is his farewell show, and uh, Matt's taking over. I think this you know, is a it, is a great transition, right? You bring Big Big Al back for one more episode, just so he could say his last words. One more, one more episode. The transition from the real <laughs> decoms into the wonderful world of shit movies, <laughs> and that's what Bigger Matt can take over for. Passing of the torch, right? End of an era. I'm pretty excited. I'm, uh, this one's gonna be good. Best podcast yet. Yeah, going into you know a little inside baseball here. You know, I think Matt really did a deep dive. You know, he reround the the audio. He really, you know. Watch the tape to use a sports analogy in determining, you know, what he needs to do differently. My my friend Jake, who's come on the podcast before, he pointed out this was our the Paper Gate episode was our longest episode of the podcast, coming in at an hour and fifty minutes. Which I don't know what attributed to that. It didn't feel long when we were doing it, Matt. But I have to say that uh, you now hold the record, which was previously set by Big Al. But uh, yeah, you're coming over the top at an hour fifty. Well, I I, I rewatched the podcast, and let me say. Maybe I was starstruck, you know, working with you. I'm not sure. But for the first 30 minutes, I was almost asleep. <laughs> I 
I could barely form words, it seemed like. Uh, but, you know, as the podcast progressed, it really picked up. I think we, yeah, we hit our stride. stride. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Hopefully today we're going to hit the ground running. All right. Yeah. We're cutting this off at an hour 20, even if we're only way, you know, even if we're only halfway through the podcast, you know, that's just how we're doing it. We're cutting it off. There we go. We can't have the podcast be longer than the movie itself. So let's, let's jump right into it here. I want to start with very quickly asking you guys, because this one was a favorite of Big Al's. He's tried to get me to do this one for quite a while. You both, I believe, grew up playing hockey. So just going into it without getting into the movie, why did this movie as a young kid resonate with you so much? I'll start with you, Big Al. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Uh, my brother and I, we liked hockey or loved hockey. I don't know. Um, I mean, most of my childhood was in South Florida uh, and our family had Florida Panthers season tickets. Um, so I moved there when I was three. So basically just consider my whole childhood in Florida. Um, and I loved hockey. So any, any movie that's hockey related, like Mighty Ducks, which we did earlier this year, um, has a special part in my heart because uh, that was my favorite sport growing up. And it doesn't get a lot of attention in the United States, obviously. Um, so if there's movies or shows based around hockey, I'm in. I'm all in. What about you, Matt? Well, without getting too much into the movie, uh, Will Friedle, you uh, know, was a childhood favorite for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, his dynamic in, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the TV show. Boy Meets, Boy Meets World. World. Yeah. Yeah. The dynamic with uh, the Lawrence brother. Yeah. I don't remember which Lawrence brother. <laughs> you know, so, so many of them. So many of them. Uh, yes. You know, it was classic. And um, this movie came out after or, you know, sometime during Boy Meets World. So I, I think they saw that chemistry. And as Alex said, hockey, you know, great sport uh we'll get into the movie i'll i'll leave it at that yeah and i and i think just for the listener big al and i even though we met in college we definitely had a little overlap as a kid un, unknowingly to both of us both grew up in, in south florida and going to panther games my dad ended up working for the florida panthers so we have that connection from a young age i grew up a, a new jersey devils fan just because i was wanting to be different so this movie holds a very special place in my heart maybe this was the influence of me becoming a devils fan i don't know i don't know scott gomez my favorite player growing up Let's go. Let's go. So let's jump let's right into go. it. H-M-O I remember, I remember in college you saying hockey is the worst fucking sport of all time. So don't oh, don't don't oh lie to the listeners here, but go ahead. Get into it. And I remember you calling uh, ESPN uh, hockey analyst Barry Melrose, Barry Mello. And uh, then we just uh, <laughs> called him that the rest of the year. OK, H double hockey sticks hour and 36 minute runtime directed by Randall Miller, who's going to be coming on the podcast next week. Uh, written by David Kukoff and Matt Roshkow. It has a 6.4 on IMDb and no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes at all from the audience or the critics. I think this is a first of any episode of any movie we've covered on the podcast. It was released on October 3rd, 1999, just celebrated its 22-year anniversary. Unfortunately, as you both probably found out, not on Disney+. Plus. Had to watch it on YouTube. It seems to have like 130,000 views on YouTube, though, which is much higher than the Pay Brigade, Matt. Disgraceful. <laughs> I mean, absolutely disgraceful. Uh, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm very curious if you've been tracking the IMDb scores. Like, where does this rank among all the movies you've talked about? This is probably right on par. You know, this is we typically see between six and six point nine on IMDb. Nothing. Maybe Hocus Pocus got above a seven. Very few movies creep into that seven range. And same on the Rotten Tomato scores. We don't typically get high reviews on, on these movies for maybe good reason. I don't know. Haters, all right? <laughs> Internet, calm down. 
Enjoy your childhood. Yes. Mm, yes. Terrible. Well, that's why, you know, let's get into our next category, the random internet review of the week. And I usually read these really negative reviews of the movies, but this one I wanted to switch up a little bit. And this review is from IMDb, Cherry Lilla. And this review is from 2002. So three years after this movie came out and Cherry Lilla writes 10 plus stars. This was a fantastic movie. There were some slow parts, but not very many. And most of them resulted from a severe and poorly planned lack of Will Friedle on the screen. He's hilarious in this film. I can't wait to see him in more movies. The characters were great. And even the costuming and hit you over the head, good and evil motifs were fun to spot. I saw this movie in 99 and have been carefully hunting a video release. As soon as it's out there, I'm going to be the first one to own it. I have a copy taped from the TV with commercials in it that I watch at least once a month. I'm empathetically thanking Disney for picking up this idea and making it happen. Hockey was a great way to do this story. Couldn't say enough good things about it. What a positive, wholesome review of this movie, Big Al. I'm not used to that. I'm <laughs> guessing you couldn't find a negative review, and that's why you went this route. Um, oh, no, there are plenty. There are plenty of negative that's reviews. A, it's a throwback, though. You know, Matt is a very big uh, VHS lover and collector. He's got a VCR in his place. Really? This person saying that they taped the movie, you know, with commercials, um, obviously with their VCR back then. Very nostalgic. Um, I mean, I like I like the review. I don't know that I would say 10 plus stars, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a change of pace for us to look at a nice review rather than just someone shitting on it completely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a positive review, but I... I couldn't disagree more. Really? I mean, last last you know last time on Paper Brigade we had Yaki Soba. I Yaki remember Soba. your name, the the hater. Uh, and you know he commented on how terrible the movie was. He liked the editing. I remember you know, that's love the me. editing. But uh, watching H E Double Hockey Six every month. I mean that's <laughs> that's a mega fan right there. That's. I mean that's how much you a... watch Wish Upon a Star though, right? You watch Wish Upon a Star at least once a month. <sighs> I mean, we're gonna get to that future <laughs> podcast. I mean, we have a lot to talk about there, but. Is this movie fun to rewatch? Yes. Would I watch it monthly? Absolutely not. Not on that uh, YouTube quality. I'll tell you that. So let's uh, let's get right into uh, the plot of HG Double Hockey Sticks. And, and Big Al, since you're returning to the pod, you're the newbie now. Matt's a veteran. He's been here. So we got to turn it to the newbie. Big Al, what is, uh, what is the very simple plot of HG Double Hockey Sticks? Sure. So Will Friedle is playing uh, Griffelkin. Which and I didn't know this, but he's like uh, he's in school to be a devil, yeah, right. And I thought there was only one devil, but in this movie, like everyone in hell can become a devil if you train for it. Um, and basically, he's being tossed out of school for being a bum, being sent up, you know, to whatever earth I guess you could call it with the regular people. Um, and he's quested with stealing the soul uh, of a superstar hockey player. Um, Dave Heinrich. So it's kind of, yeah, it is a good name. Uh, they picked a good name for it. But yeah, he's basically has to go get Dave Heinrich's soul. Um, and I don't want to get too much into like what the rest of the story is, but it's basically his journey going to, to Earth uh, and interacting with this hockey player. Yeah. Big Al coming in. No research. All right. <laughs> no details here. It's the Beezlebub Vocational Institute, right? Griffelkin School. And, uh, you know, he's going up to steal a soul in exchange for the Stanley Cup. You know, that's how he's going to entice Dave Heinrich, master of the Heinrich maneuver. Oh. We're, we're going to get into that. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I did do this... research, and oh, I was looking at the phonetics of it. It's actually Beelzebub, <laughs> and okay. I resent that comment. <laughs> I'm just using the Wilfredell pronunciation, okay? Uh, but it's a little bit of a twist, as we're going to see in the, in, in the plot. Yes. Uh, maybe an expected twist, but a twist nonetheless. What an elaborate plot of a movie. Like I have to say, out of all the Disney Channel originals, all the premiere films, The Wonderful World of Disney, this is up there for one of the most elaborate, intricate plots out of any of them. And I love it. I love it. I love the CGI. I love everything about it. Let's get into some of the most rewatchable scenes. I want to start with the, the opening scene where we get a lot of that CGI depicting, depicting hell, I guess. And, and Alex's favorite song, Hot, Hot, Hot. Great song. You know who sings that song, Big Al? I don't, but I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. Any idea? Any idea who sings the song? I, I don't know. Matt, okay. who sings the song? I don't want to ruin the surprise. Jordan, take it away. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He definitely doesn't know. Uh, it's uh, Buster <laughs> Buster Poindexter in his Banshees of Blue. One of our favorite artists, Big Al from college. One of our favorite <laughs> artists. I remember we had we had the album uh, vinyl actually. Yeah, yeah, right, right next to Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Right, it was it was. Poindexter and his Banshee is a blue. We had an eclectic taste, I would say. <laughs> so close to screaming Banshees, you know, it's uh, yeah. halfway there. Yeah, I know. I was looking on, this is a brief tangent, I was looking on uh, on eBay and I found a <laughs> a soundtrack of like all the songs from these Disney Channel original movies just put together in one nice album. I really wanted to buy it. Like just classic, classic. They should put a Spotify playlist together of all these. Maybe we should do that. Um, but I love this opening scene, introducing us to this to this world, introducing us to Griff, this <laughs> this wannabe devil in his in his frosted tips, in his leather jacket, and his boys who I guess got run over by a truck and have these skid mark tired face. I don't know, I don't know. It's just a crazy opening scene. Uh, Marie Antoinette Beezlebub is I guess holding uh, her head hostage, I guess for her own amusement. Uh, what do you like about this opening scene, Matt? Nothing. Uh, very little. Very little. Uh, you know, I know when you're a Hollywood star, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking. But Will Friedle, I mean, that guy had to have been co coked up through this whole movie. I mean, you know, the, he's not I, eleven. I have a theory, yeah. Uh, I mean, twelve, thirteen. He's he's going. I I feel like there was a lot of improv in this movie from him. I could 100%. be wrong. I don't know, but. Oh, man, it's hard to, it's, he's so annoying, maybe intentional, but that guy can't stop talking every five seconds, you know, another witty remark, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's him or the writers. I mean, the writers really feel like they uh, are really proud of these jokes. <laughs> you mentioned earlier, Skid and Mark, the two characters that yeah. got ran over. Uh, a lot of things are right on the nose. Production value is high, right? You said they got some CG. A lot of set building. I like that. You know, the song, you know, good song. Good song. Uh, I think it sets the stage for the movie, but it also sets the tone for Wilfred L's character for the next hour and 30, yeah. 30 something minutes. And it never stops, never stops. That's a good point. Cause especially those scenes later on in the movie where he's just kind of in the middle of the city, like with his cell phone that does crazy things. Like he's just trying different things. It seems like they just continuously taped him doing different line reads, but they ended up putting all of them in the movie instead of just one. Like, that's kind of how it feels. Yeah, there, there's a, a montage of him sitting in the, in the hockey arena, yeah. and he's kind of taking notes to himself, like, uh, do this, do that. 
I'm sure we'll get into it. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's just riffing, just saying things, horrible heaven hell related puns are scattered throughout the movie. And, you know, maybe he should have gotten a, a little credit as a guest writer. I don't know. Or maybe he's such a good actor that it comes off naturally. I don't know. I mean, as we said, Wilfred L was the pinnacle of actors when we were growing up. And he had that well, just kind of magnetic personality about him. I'm excited when we get into the apex question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like this might have tanked his career. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how much he did after this, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Big Al, what do you like about that uh, that first game scene where, uh, of course, Griff comes up to, to, I guess, Earth, not hell anymore, and he travels to Dave's game, his hockey game, and he's sitting in the stands there, and he's absolutely loving it. He's a little little hot, or a little cold, I should say. It has to bundle up in all these jackets, and he starts shaking this Asian man next to him, getting into the game, and just loving it, introduced to Gabrielle Union, who... I guess they didn't take much liberties with her character name in the movie because it's just Gabby. Um, and we get introduced to Gabby. She's hitting him over the head with those hot ones and throwing it to some stand fan in the stand. Ah, my eye. Like just a, a great, great scene there. What did you like about that one? I love her. You know, first of all, I didn't know it was Gabrielle Union. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I knew You that. did? Oh, no. yeah. I, I should have known that you would know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm... I'm, I'm I don't know that I normally am inclined to agree with Matt, but I do think Wilfred L is extremely annoying in this movie. Uh, basically, every moment that he's on scene, on screen, excuse me, is uh, very annoying. But uh, I like it that he comes up. They they keep uh, consistency throughout the movie with him being uh, like freezing cold in certain areas, right? Because he's used to being in hell and it's really hot, so he buys all the gear to bundle up. Um, he's really loving the game, enjoying the the big hits that are going on out there. I love that they have Heinrich just doing on repeat the Heinrich maneuver over and over. <laughs> it's just like scenes of him just doing the move. He's not passing. He only, only he has the puck. He's never shooting. Just Heinrich maneuver after Heinrich maneuver. Um, yeah. I, I love the Gabrielle Union. They, they try to be funny in, I don't know, subtle ways or obvious ways, but like she throws the hot ones at the guy, <laughs> hits him in the eyes. Oh, my eye. She charges him 250, but she charges <laughs> him 350 for his. Yeah. Um, it's a good opening scene, um, but I, I don't know. I don't really like this movie that much, so it's hard for me to, to say, like, this is an amazing scene, but uh, it, it's a good one for, for what it is. Let me jump in real quick. i got to turn this into a three-hour podcast. <laughs> it's not, not hot ones. They're hottie hots. Hottie right? hots. And, and hots. They, they do a good bit of world building earlier in the movie when Griffelkin is, uh, you know, at the Beezlebub's I don't know, I guess principal's office. And she offers and, uh, him she, one. She, she yeah, offers she him some hotty hots. Yep. Um, that's it. So I just wanted to make that correction. Very important. All right, guys, let's let's pay attention to the movies here, okay? We'll cut that out of the podcast, Big Al. Okay, moving on. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, what was your next rewatchable scene? I'll turn that to either of you on, on this one. Uh, was it when he gets traded to the, to the Angels? Was it one in between that? Was, you know, what, what scenes stand out to you? I, I just want to start off, you know, me and Alex being brothers, after all, I'm very curious how much of our answers line up, you mm -hmm. know, because we're of like mind. Do you want me to go first, then? You can go first. T take it away. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same answer here. Oh, really? Um, I don't know about that, but uh, I really enjoy when he goes to Heinrich's restaurant and the goalie <laughs> goalie's in there. That's it. The mask That's in it. full Easy. gear on, and he's just bumbling through the mask, <laughs> and they have to put the, the subtitles, subtitles up oh on the screen. Oh, my God. For me, uh, I, I really like that scene. 
but obviously <laughs> I, I got the Tex Tex Mex burger and the New York burger. It's just the Frisco burger. Burgers. Now, Alex, of course, you know, this is probably the the best scene of the movie, maybe the only good scene of the movie. Uh, I like right after he talks to the goalie, you know, he walks to the restaurant. Uh, I think a waiter walks by with a you know a little platter of food and he grabs a French fry, and you know, like I'm a 32 year old man. All right, I'm not. I, sh I shouldn't laugh at this garbage humor, but he. Puts a French fry in his mouth, chews it up. He's disgusted by it because he, you know, he's from hell. He eats like mold and stuff. And he spits it out onto this woman's plate, just rubs it all over her food. And I'm just like, fucking classic, man. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was a great scene. Just nonchalant, just destroying her meal. Doesn't care. Walks away. Awesome scene. And then transitions right into uh, Heinrich's girlfriend's little brother. Is it her son? I don't, it's a little brother, right? Little brother, little brother, yeah. Brother. Louis. Lewis bumps into him, and uh, they start playing bubble hockey. You ever played bubble <laughs> hockey, Jordan? Oh, I've played my share of bubble hockey. Not as good as air hockey, I must say. It's a hotly debated topic, but Matt and I actually have a very heated bubble hockey rivalry. Really? Another reason why I really like this scene, uh, because our dad actually bought a bubble hockey machine and restored it, and it's in his house. So whenever we meet up for holidays and stuff, Matt and I... Uh, frequent the bubble hockey table uh for some intense games and go ahead matt this is not the big al bigger matt podcast but for a little bit of history uh i'm a historic sore loser right mm -hmm. like it, it's it'll be written in the history books the Heyman family uh matt's a sore loser and so i have to beg alex to play these games with me because he's 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 done all right he's he's seen enough enough hissy fits he doesn't want to play, but every every time I coax him into a game, and every time he's like, "All right, Matt, we're done. That's it. I don't want to listen." He to gets this again. He, Jordan. He gets so mad whenever we play anything, and this is so off topic. I'm sorry to the podcast. <laughs> no, this listeners. is great. This is great. But we're both here. He gets so mad when we play anything competitive. If I beat him, <laughs> that I can't play him in anything anymore. And it's not like he loses every time. He'll win some, but just the act of losing anything enrages him. He has to get a rematch. Really? Got to go again. We uh. You ever, you ever play, uh, I mean, you played video games as a kid. You ever played the old NFL 2K games oh, yeah. back in the oh, day? Yeah. So Matt and I, we had a Dreamcast or whatever. He's got the old games on him. When I go visit him in California, he wants to play. <laughs> but I'll beat him in that, and he can't handle it. We played, what was the baseball game we played, Matt? Oh, World Series of base, Baseball 2K. You know, we got NHL 2K. The 2K games are great. They are great. Not the 2K podcast. Um, but he's he's banned. He's banned from competitive banned. sports games. I, I can't play him anymore. It's, it's too much for me to handle winning. I almost feel like I can't win because he gets too mad. I think, uh, you know, give it a couple of years. Alex will forget and we'll be back at it. You know, I'm going to do some training behind the scenes. Uh, I, I do want to call out in this scene. Uh, you know, we're only like not even 10 minutes into the movie at this point, I think, or maybe 15 minutes. And, you know, Griffelkin's walking through the restaurant. And the little brother, he just, he yells at him, like, like scares a random stranger walking through a restaurant. Like, I, I thought that I missed a scene where they previously met each other, but I, I don't think they He's did. He's literally just a stranger to him. It's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. He, he just spooks him, yeah. you know, out of nowhere, very rude, and challenges him, challenge a random stranger to a game of bubble hockey. Uh, I don't like this kid. I don't like this movie. I don't like this kid. Don't like the but kid. I will say this, and this is this is on its way to being the new longest podcast of all time. But in the bubble hockey scenes, and Matt can tell you this, a lot of people don't understand bubble hockey. They think you just spin the guy, right? Like spin your player and the puck just randomly goes. But they actually made it pretty authentic in where the kid 
pushes the puck forward with like the player's stick um, to just get a straight shot into the goal. So I thought the scenes of bubble hockey were were pretty well done and like true to how you would actually play if you were good at I, hockey. You know, Jordan, I'm sorry. This this podcast has been hijacked, but yes, I appreciate the authenticity of the gameplay. Uh, I even saw some one timer moves that were set up for goals. Uh, you know, it made me feel like okay, maybe I was playing this game right. Maybe the, the movie people did their research, and uh, you know, maybe I know some techniques here. And this movie really validated my my thoughts. But Jordan, what what about your favorite rewatchable scene? Let's well, move I- it forward. Well, I do want to mention one quick note, which is, do you think the bubble hockey scenes were more authentic than the hockey scenes in this movie? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> I oh, mean, the, we talked about it in Mighty Ducks. They like for a movie to be based around hockey on ice, they put so little effort and detail into like making it realistic um, that it always disappoints me. And for your casual viewer who's just watching a movie on TV that doesn't know anything about hockey, I'm sure it looks fine, right? But like every time someone takes a shot, there's nobody on the ice and it's just a scene of the net and the goalie doing some horrible attempt at saving it and the puck going in, right? Yeah, they just, they cut to obviously the the player shooting the shot and then direct cut to the goalie, (laughs) like throwing his glove up and missing it. Yeah, I don't, I would be curious to know if anything was actually even like filmed on ice more than like one or two small scenes, right? Like I'm, I'm assuming they built a set replicating ice and just took these camera shots of like goalie poses and stuff but yeah uh, disappointed but i have high standards for hockey so anything to add on that matt you know let's just move it along (laughs) you know keep it keep it hour and 20 minutes guys come on the producers they're they're mad they're mad every time i come on the show because they know it's going way over the time anyone will listen. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I just had the last, the final game as, as one of my rewatchable scenes. I love this game. Um, I love the reveal. I think it's so well set up, even in the beginning, where Griff thinks that Gabby is probably this, this guy, and they completely turn the audience on their head on that one. And then at the end, the big reveal that she's actually an angel, I thought was really clever and really well done. Because the whole movie, she's doing like these terrible things to people, crashing cars and doing all this stuff. I thought it was a very nice reveal. But I love the movie. Um, I love when Beezlebub actually shows up to her, shows up to the game. The heckler, this is one of the scenes that just stands in my mind where she shrinks the poor heckler. And is this guy just the shrunken for life? Great CGI, great magic there. And I don't know. I always thought about that guy after the movie. I'm like, wait, is he just still married to this wife, even though he's like six inches tall? I don't know. <laughs> it's the best part of those scenes, how like the, the regular people on earth just kind of brush that. <laughs> Brush that aside, like, oh, that was weird. But there's a game going on here. Uh, I'm so small. I'm so small. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, didn't you? Like, like you said, you always thought about like what happened to that guy. Didn't you? Didn't you actually feel like I don't know sympathy, empathy for these? Oh people yeah. Oh in, yeah. In movies, even though you knew it was fake, and you're like, oh my god, that guy, he's, he's shrunk forever. <laughs> you like that scene, Matt? It's, yeah, it's good. It's good. The the hijinks are fun yeah. in the movie. Yeah. You know, uh, Will Friedle walking around with his, what do they call it? His flip fork. <laughs> it's kind of like a play on a flip cell phone, but it's got a little pitchfork coming out and you can curse and zap people with it. He uses it to steal money from the uh, the restaurant establishment. He's getting free bubble hockey games with it. <sighs> got to read the manual. Yeah, got to read the manual. manual. Uh, you know, yeah, the jokes are fun. 
I do have a lot of empathy for movie characters, even though you know it's maybe that's a sign of a good movie. When you feel bad, yeah. When you get shrunk down to six <laughs> inches, you know, qual must be a quality cinema. I don't know. And Beelzebub, she can't get her pitchfork to work, and she's like, "Oh, it's foreign made or something." There's great jokes in there. You love the switching jerseys trick at the end, though. Great, great move there. That is, that is, that's a classic like children's movie type play right there. Um, the old body double switch, mummify the face, wrap it up, <laughs> get the bloody nose in there, and send Griffelkin out in in Heinrich's place. Yeah, I do like that. Seems like that might have been. Stolen from uh, from Mighty Ducks, one of the Mighty Ducks movies. I feel like they did a little switcheroo they like did. that. They did with Keenan Thompson's uh, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him the knuckle puck. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, you know the. This came out after. Came out all after. Three Ducks? Yeah, all three. I believe all three. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess they didn't have the budget for Mighty Ducks four, so they threw it into this movie, and it shows. But, I do uh, love when Heinrich's just getting zapped in the locker. He's like dying. He's like just getting hit over and over again. I know Big Al <laughs> loves that scene. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't have any more, we'll move on to what is age the best? What is age the best? Yeah, yeah. Man, this this is definitely the hardest question of the podcast. I have a lot on my list here, so go uh, ahead. You know what, Jordan? You you're an optimistic man. There's not <laughs> much. There's not much for me. What age the best? I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go back to that one restaurant scene with the bubble hockey. Uh. That that aged really well for me. Um, what about the title? H double hockey sticks. What a great title for this movie. So that Jordan, I just, I, I don't want to hijack this whole podcast, <laughs> but I've got a lot to talk about here and it has to do with the, with, with the writer. All right. I'm going to wait until. No, 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 say it, say it. And we'll cut it. Okay. We'll cut it. I like that. I really feel like these writers are just so proud of themselves. Everything from the title. Is, is a pun, right? Yeah. H-E double hockey sticks. So like some idiot saw that. So, not an idiot, I'm sorry. I know you're gonna have the director on or the writer. Yeah. You guys did a great job, wonderful <laughs> job. But- They don't listen to these episodes, don't worry about it. Like, true. Did, did someone see that and think, oh, we can make a movie out of that, <laughs> you know? It, same thing with Dave Heinrich. It's like Heinrich, the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, he'll do the Heinrich maneuver. It's like Alex said earlier, dude, they, they, were, they said it like, 30, 40, 50 times in that movie. There's so many scenes and shots of the kids doing the Heinrich maneuver and yep. the the sportscasters talking about the Heinrich maneuver. I'm just like, dude, I, I get it. You're really proud of this pun. The whole movie is puns, it basically. Is. It They're is. almost, I mean, it's not fair to say there's no story here, but the movie basically runs on constant hot, cold puns, hockey puns, plays on, you know, play on words. It's 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 insufferable, to be honest. I mean, you watch this movie every month, dude on the internet. What? <laughs> what? You, you're a special person. <laughs> you know, I, I, I respect it. But yes, H E double hockey six does it age well. I've got some friends who are really into puns. They might like it. It's clever. It's a great title um, for a kids movie. All right, here we go again, Jordan. You're you're setting me off today, okay? <laughs> This doesn't feel like a kid's movie to me. Um, and actually, I, I thought about this a lot. If we look at all the DCOMs and whatever these are called, premier, yeah, premier Disney films. things, yeah. how many of them feature adults as the main characters? 
So that's a good question. And I will say that the uh, the premiere films were more common in doing that, like like model behavior, for instance, with Justin Timberlake. You know, they I think the premiere films definitely gave you more of a, a later teenage, even 18-year-old college age type of environment where the DCOMs were very much more rooted in in preteens, I will say. But it seems like the Lawrence brothers, at least I'm thinking of horse sense where you had these college age characters in those in those movies so i think it's a mix but you're right this one especially i think lewis being the young kid in this one and getting his point of view is how they kind of maybe bridge the the dynamic there between somebody older like like dave even though he's just a you know he's a rookie in the league so we might i think they mentioned what is he like 20 years old or something so um but yeah this may be a little bit more adult for these disney movies and i was hoping okay it's a young hockey player in the NHL, you know, Will Friedle, he's, I don't know, I, you know, he's probably in his 20s too. Here. Yeah. You know, you grew up with Boy Meets World, you know, maybe they figured the audience grew up as well. These two actors have a great dynamic. Let's, let's put them in a movie together, yeah. right? Yeah. So with that in mind, I was hoping for some clever writing, right? Stepped in some Gunther. <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing even came close to that line. Uh, it just wasn't a lot of subtlety. I think, man, did I, did I even write that? Okay, I know we're not on what's your favorite line in the movie, but I'm, I'm going to move us there real quick. Alex, Big Al, feel free to cut me off. Big Al's falling asleep to. over there. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, his eyes are closed. Um, <laughs> the the best line of the movie was, and it, again, this could be Will Friedle improvising, is in that opening scene. Let me see if I can find it. He, you know, He's walking by, he's greeting all the demons and stuff in hell, and he says, Hey, bread face guy. And I'm like, bread face guy. What does that, what does that even mean? It's so subtle. You, it's a split second. You could miss it. But hey, bread face guy. I was like, and you don't see the guy. So I'm like, what does that guy look like? You know, because skid mark, they got ran over by a car. Like, that's kind of their thing. I'm like, yeah. bread, like, how did this guy die? How did he get to hell? Picklehead. You love picklehead. Yeah. Picklehead. Yeah. No. Picklehead. Window washer guy. <laughs> Window washer guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that guy fell off. Yeah. Uh, so anyways enough with my rants i'm just trying to say that a lot of puns yeah he double hockey sticks did not age well i mean right, did, like did hockey age well jordan i don't know i mean it's more popular now maybe than it was back then actually i, mean, I don't even know if that's is that true i don't know i mean this is probably around the time of like peak hockey watching if you're going to say the last you know 20 something years it's so old though the movie like you know his his flip fork representing like a flip phone obviously hasn't aged hey we'll get to age. what age the worst yeah this is what aged the best oh man isn't that the Podcast same question though category <laughs> fraud going on over here category fraud. well what what age the best jordan tell us okay you okay. love the title obviously okay, i love it love the title love the title love the name heinrich dave heinrich heinrich Rudover. great 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 uh what else do i have the trick where you lick i guess your pinky and your pointer finger. Oh, and, then, and the eyebrows. Oh, the eyebrows. That, oh, I don't know if I from, that from uh, Genius, Matt, right? Genius. <laughs> also a hockey genius. movie. Crazy <laughs> that they, they do this uh, eyebrow trick. However, have you used this, Matt, this trick to, I guess, I don't know what it is, to settle the hairs on your on your eyebrows to make them, I don't know, look in place, I guess? All right. I, I got to go on a tangent. Jordan, <laughs> you're going to hate me. This is necessary. I don't know if Alex has mentioned this on the podcast, but as kids growing up, you know, we watched Disney Channel original movies. We had a neighbor named Max. And the thing that was interesting about Max is he got really in to all these movies, right? When motocross came out, he was obsessed with motocross bikes and whatever. Anyways, I bring this up because I feel like 
if anyone in the world would have done that move, it would have been this guy, Max. He was, he was licking those eyebrows, dude. He was, he was cleaning them up with a pinky and an index finger. So me, no, never done it. Never done it. But I could, I can see in my mind, Max coming out, just mm, spreading those eyebrows wide. <laughs> Big Al, have you ever used this trick? Never used this trick. I do recall, uh, your your now girlfriend when you met her you actually did use this trick and I mean, that, that's what that did it what won her over it was that and the ticket in the napkin holder trick that was it that was that's it a good one yeah oh jordan's just he's putting moves together all right <laughs> have a playbook on these moves yeah i know oh yeah uh, what else do i have here i love the line from Bezelbub about paying the lawyers the big bucks for the contract love it all the fine print all the little details the legalese oh. about that oh great 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 uh what else the espn spots this was like peak espn like 99 early 2000s like everyone was watching espn everyone was watching sports center at 11 o'clock this was peak espn i think maybe it hasn't aged well because i think espn has probably lost its resonance now but that really was peak espn you're wrong you're wrong yeah. you're wrong I gotta, about I gotta... this jordan did you not know that hockey night on espn has actually come back Starting this year, hockey no is now. That. No one watches that. Hockey next, is Matt, now. Next. Hockey games are now on ESPN. You don't do your research. This is my podcast. I'm taking over. Jordan showing his true colors about hockey here. I, I you know, I was going to say what Alex just said, but to follow up on that, uh, I don't know exactly when the purchase went down, but you're, you're aware that Disney owns ESPN, right? Yes. Yeah. Quick story. I have a friend who works at ESPN would get me free Disney tickets all the time. Mm. All right. Not anymore. He just. He doesn't work there anymore, but you know, uh, this was probably around somewhere around that purchase. And they're like, all right, we got this, we got this big brand name. going to put it in the movie. Uh, yeah, but they, they kind of disrespect it a little bit. You got Will Friedle, He forgets the end in ESPN at one point and on boy the, had to correct him. on the age, the best ESPN sports center type scenes is when, uh, my, one of my favorite things in the whole movie. Uh, they're talking about Heinrich on ESPN and they pull up this big picture of a pig and it just says puck hog underneath and it's like a pig with a puck nose or something. That was great. I love that. <laughs> love that pig. Sorry, continue. Uh, what about the Delaware Demons? I think that's a great name oh, for a team. No, no. No? Jordan, they play at the Inferno, Matt. The Inferno. Jordan, that's a, that I, is cool. That, that is, is cool. I, I didn't want to just throw this podcast up in the air, but I'm going to do it because you already mentioned earlier, the New Jersey Devils already exist. And they they clearly are able to use the NHL name in this movie. Why create a fake team? You know, you got the Devils right there. Answer that question, Jordan. I'm pretty sure. Take, take me into the law over this, right? Why, you know, they, they couldn't get it done in the, in the negotiating room. Like what happened? What happened there? Well, it's funny because we're also going to be covering Like Mike, another childhood classic basketball movie. And in that movie, they use a team called the L.A. Knights, which are meant to be the Clippers, Because, but all the other teams are in the movie, all the other NBA teams. And they thought it'd be better to make up a team because then you don't have any risk of one for one, some of the players on the team actually being compared to players on the actual team. You know, it could be portrayed as maybe defamation if you have the same player kind of doing an impersonation of maybe what the player on the actual team is like. So I don't know if that's what they did here. They thought it was clever come up with a different name. Um, it made sense because then you have the Annapolis Angels. Why there'd be teams in Delaware and in Maryland so close together like that, I don't know. But apparently that's how it works in this uh, this version of the NHL. 
But then they go on to use the jerseys of like the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, yeah, all the teams. Yeah. The New York Sharks. Rangers, yeah. the Sharks. Shameless Mighty Ducks plug. Well, yeah. I guess, you know, this Mighty may Ducks. have been when Disney owned the Mighty Ducks as well. So they probably, it was easy for them to get the, you know, easy to use the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't like the name. I like the name. I like the Inferno. I thought it was really I like, cool. I think you like the Inferno more like than you the like Inferno. the Delaware Demons. I do. Inferno, I do. Inferno's good. Will Friedle's character, though, wasn't a fan of the of the team logo. Yeah. He steps off the bus and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know what he says, but I, I was a little confused by that. Wouldn't he be really into a demon hockey team? But maybe it's an offensive depiction. You know, maybe it's not actually, you know, what it's like to be a demon. It, dude, Okay. It looks just like him, you know, because <laughs> in this movie, they really, you know, I know we got into his frosted tips. Another didn't age very well. But we'll, we'll get, get there. You know, uh, <laughs> You're losing control. He's got the pencil thin goatee going on. He's got that really stereotypical devil look. Devil and, look, yeah. I don't know. A little weird, a little weird. Inferno's cool. I'll give you that. So the last one, or I guess I have one more also. So the call waiting. I love the tech support scene where Griff's obviously trying to get the Get the pitchfork to work, the little pitch uh, cell phone there. Tech support, 45 minutes. We've all been on the line with tech support for whatever it is. It's always annoying. It's always like that, the music and everything. So I thought that actually stays very well. Did you, do you love the automated part of the message? <laughs> yeah. Like, unless you threw out your manual. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, you know, some of them can be pretty passive aggressive, some of these tech supports. So uh, I do love that. But the last one I had is Lewis always rocking the other team's jersey. And this is a move that I pulled when my dad worked for the Yes Network and we had tickets to all the New Jersey Nets games. And I would always, I hated the Nets, never rooted for them. And I would always show up wearing a shirt, a hat or something from the other team. And I got into a big rivalry with the mascot of the Nets at the time, Sly the Fox. And he always was looking for me at every game and he would take my jersey if I was wearing for another team. He would take it and throw it at center court. And I couldn't obviously walk on the court and get it. So like one of the refs would have to bring it over to me or like throw my hat, silly string me. It was a huge battle, but I could resonate. I could resonate with Lewis in this scene of always just hating the team and rocking another team just for the hell of it. I don't know. Anything. Jordan, you're, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) Plain and clear. All right. You know, I'm very curious. Lewis has his own, you know, hockey maneuver that he names after himself. The Louis leftover. Yeah. The Louis leftover. Did you ever do that? Did you ever have a Jordan's uh, jump jump shot or something in basketball? No. No, no. No, I'm I'm offended that you would even ask me that, honestly. He he used the, uh, you remember double team, Matt? (laughs) He used that. I remember. That move in basketball. Oh, oh, yeah. That move is called a travel and it's a turnover. That's what that move is called. With the ankles moving and everything. (laughs) That was Jordan's go to. The side to side. Yeah, I remember. In college on the courts, he got called for travel so many times doing that. What about the old school Mighty Ducks logo? Just in the movie, Lewis is rocking the jersey. Great logo. Great logo. You miss it? Oh, I, I 100% miss it. Love Do you it. own a jersey? I don't own a jersey. I don't, but uh, it was definitely a, on a wish list of mine at some point or another. Let's move on to what is aged the worst. We mentioned Will Friedle's Frosted Tips. Haven't aged well. Will Friedle. Will Friedle? We'll get there. We'll get there to Apex Mountain, but yeah, this is probably the peak yeah. of his career. Yeah. Um, what oh, about the no, ad- what about the ads? That. The ads at the bottom of the screen for DisneyChannel.com. I love that. I love the ads at the bottom, the little ticker going by. I don't know. It just reminds me of a better day. But those better, those days are behind us. Yeah. Yeah. What better about, day. Did you like the CG in this movie, Matt? Did you think it was uh, you know, the magic, all the different elements, all the different uh, zaps and everything? Did you think it held up? Well, 
as an artist, you know, I, I do scrutinize these things, you know, 1999, kind of par for the course. I, I did like the scene, uh, you know, where Griffelkin's trying to prove to Heinrich, like, hey, I'm actually, a, you know, this is for real. I'm, I'm a oh, devil, yeah. demon, whatever. And he uh, pours <laughs> him a cup of coffee from the sky, yeah. you know, just two sugars plop in, you know, probably didn't need a lot of CG for that, but it was a good gag. I like that one, you know, just a huge stream of coffee coming from the heavens. Uh, you know, the the puck being magnetically stuck to his stick, you know, kind of a little bit of a yo-yo thing going on there. It was okay for a kid's movie. You know, they spent all that budget on these custom jerseys. They didn't have a lot, a lot left for the CG. Yeah. What about you, Big Al? You think it held up? To that point, age the worst, uh, yo-yos and any any references <laughs> to yo-yos. I don't Walking think. the dog? Walking the dog. Kids today would not know anything about that. Um. I mean, the phones age the worst, right? The flip phones out on the street. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've, a, a lot of a lot of the movie just doesn't hold up. It looks really old when you watch it. I know we've talked about like when you watch Hocus Pocus, it doesn't look, and it's kind of around the same time period. It doesn't look as old as this movie. Like, just seems like yeah, old. And hell at the start, the CG I thought looked terrible. But <laughs> to Matt's point, I mean, we're talking. 22 years ago right yeah. so you gotta let's remember me. this is on youtube all right this is not a 4k you know, rescan of the movie which we might get it's not in 70 millimeter Vision. you know yeah yeah picklehead uh, picklehead look great picklehead's picklehead. looking good jordan I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss you off here i'm gonna go back a second go right, i'm gonna it. go back go to what it. aged well because something i remember something we'll cut it we'll the, cut it go ahead the, <laughs> the hockey commentator guy uh he actually has some good lines in there some some really subtle absurd ones you know he'll, he'll talk a bunch of hockey stuff about mark savard and he'll throw in a random line about well, that reminds me of the time i was in like Nigeria <laughs> yeah. or something and i'm like what is he talking like, like that reminds me of the time that? i was in papua new guinea i was like what does that yeah, mean papua new guinea. Like, what the heck? <laughs> that reminds so, me of the time i was in the navy and my boy used to cook this <laughs> and whatever came up on the peruvian coast i thought i was gonna die those so so that aged well uh, as far as you know what didn't age well i, I think you guys covered it the Wilfred L's fashion sense, uh, Wilfred L, you know, the CG. So much hate for Wilfred L in this movie. I really thought you guys were going to come out being like, oh, love Wilfred L. Love no, I, I think this is a big mistake. I think whatever Boy Meets World did to this guy's career inflated his ego or like people's perception of how he was as an actor. And so they gave him this movie to star in and like run wild in. And it, it was just a complete flop, in my opinion, for him. Wow. Wow. I don't it feels think, a I little don't bit like uh, he, he can be yeah, a leading role. So that, or, I, I want to mention that's something I actually forgot. I thought this movie was really more of a, a duet, but Heinrich isn't really a main character here. No. It is all Griffelkin. Really is. And I, I, I feel like Boy Meets World was so big, you know, such a colossal success. And I, I feel like they asked him, like, hey, take your um, Eric Matthews character yep. and just remove all the nuance remove all the emotional you know whatever and just be the the idiot and he was just an idiot for an hour and 30 34 minutes or something and uh man it's sad you wish you could get that hour and a half back matt <laughs> I, I i told jordan before the podcast i uh, i rewatched it twice yeah. in preparation for this because i after the paper brigade it you know it auto played on youtube i got so excited i watched it <laughs> and then i was so bad i was like 
I didn't remember anything. And so I had to watch it again yesterday. I'm like, oh man, here we go again. All these jokes all over again. It's too soon. I'm not that internet reviewer watching it once a month. You know, I can't handle this. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, what are we supposed to learn from this movie? The most uh, Disney moment. Uh, no I in team, maybe. Value a teamwork for, for Dave there. And, and, you know, being a little more unselfish, not so yeah. narcissistic as he could be. And, and yeah, Griff, so go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Jordan, you know, maybe this will be my podcast in the future. Maybe I'll just take <laughs> over. But, you know, Alex covered a little bit of the plot, but for anyone who hasn't watched, I don't know why you're listening at this point, but, uh, you know, this, as the story progresses, you know, you, you find out that Dave Heinrich is a real piece of shit, real, you know, puck hog on the ice, treats his girlfriend like shit, you know, uh, kind of their backstory is, um, you know, she's a, a figure skater who almost made it to the Olympics. Dave obviously made it to the NHL. And he, uh, he likes rubbing it in her face. You know, he likes telling her like, hey, it's not my fault. I'm great and you're a failure. So, and fuck, you know, Griffelkin, he loves this. He's from, he's from hell. But Griffelkin finds that he has to kind of mend this relationship, you know, to keep Heinrich on track, you know, so he can get that soul. And as he's kind of playing Cupid in a sense, he gets some, some human, some positive emotion, right? He starts feeling good, he says, which, uh, you know, all throughout the movie, whenever they make like a, a hell related joke, it's just the opposite, right? When he gets the cell phone, he's like, Ooh, this is hot. You know, instead of saying cool, uh, when he calls Beezlebub to tell him he got the soul, she's like, Oh, awful job, Griffelkin. You know, everything's, everything's bad, right? It's the whole hell thing. So now he's feeling good. And, uh, you know, we, we, we start getting the message, right? What are we supposed to learn here? And, uh, you know, Heinrich, starts being more selfless because as the movie progresses and Griffelkin starts feeling good, Beezlebub's like, oh, I can't have this. You know, I, she kind of betrays him a little bit, tries to screw up the contract by, you know, having Heinrich get traded from the demons to the angels. Now he's on, he went from like, I guess a shitty team to an even shittier team. And uh, he basically learns that the only way he can get this team to win without the magical influence of the contract is to just pass the puck, pass the puck to his, to his teammates, you know, be selfless, you know, kind of a similar to the paper brigade. Maybe, maybe the stories are all the same in these movies. I don't know, but they are similar. in the end, uh, they do win the Stanley cup, you know, by being a team player, you know, I think it was Griffelkin that says, you know, the, to be great, you have to make everyone around you. Great. You know, that's, that's kind of like the, I don't know, the, the motto here, the moral of the story, right? Bring people up around you, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little cliche. Not, not only does Heinrich get traded to the angels, but in the end, Griffelkin, I guess also becomes an angel. Gabby becomes an angel. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. This whole movie's really on the nose. It's just, <laughs> there's no subtlety here. Alex, you wake, <laughs> you following? What happened? I, I think no, Alex I Alex is thinking about just how much this movie resonates with one of his other all-time favorites, Little Nicky. Like Little I think I, I was I was gonna mention it. You know, I think there's a lot of parallels here. And this was before Little Nicky, and maybe Little Nicky was based on this. I don't know. We I feel like we've talked about before how like Little Nicky, I guess you would describe it as like a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> um as a kid i don't know why but i just love that movie and i love it too 
Adam Sandler's very hit or miss for me. Like some of his movies, I'm all in. I love it. It's a classic. Some of them are like, what are you doing? Why did you do this movie? You're a bum. But I really liked Little Nicky as a kid. And I actually haven't watched it in maybe like 10 years. So I'm going to have to go back. But it was one of my favorites. I know your dad is a huge Adam Sandler fan. Does Little Nicky rank towards the top of his list? No, I think he hates Little Nicky. Really? I don't think he gets it. He (laughs) needs the humor to just be so blatantly stupid that... He's he more can't. of a Jack and Jill fan. He more more Jack and Jill type of. Unfortunately, I, probably. I, <laughs> I, I think he's he's not a big Jack and Jill fan. But <laughs> I'm actually a little curious, Jordan. Have you seen Little Nicky? I'm assuming you have. Have you rewatched it recently? Not recently, no. Okay, I made the decision because, like Alex said, that was kind of a childhood favorite for us. I don't know why, and I went back and rewatched it this year, and man. We're not doing the Little Nicky podcast, that's for sure. I'm not wasting anyone's time. It, I would watch H-E Double Hockey 6 five times in a row before suffering through Little Nicky <laughs> once. It's, uh, has oof, it, has it aged well? Bad. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And yes, you're right. Tons of parallels. Yeah. Heaven, hell, secret angel relationships going on, stuff like that. So Even a sports scene, right? Because you have the Harlem Globetrotters scene in uh, Little Nicky there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems pretty good. Yeah. That's funny. I'm sure we're going to get into it, Jordan, but w- this movie, H.E. Double Hockey Sticks, says it's based on Griffelkin. Is that a play or a book or a story? Like, did this writer or director just adapt someone else's story and rip it <laughs> off, basically, and, and meld it into the hockey world? Or what happened here? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I won't spoil it now. We get into there and some half-assed internet research. I also brought that up with the director on the podcast. And uh, yeah, yeah, it is uh, based off some material. We'll get into that. Uh, let's move on to some nitpicks. Um, and I have a couple. You can see that there's a lot. Um, one is, so Dave is a rookie in the NHL, yet he already has his own restaurant. I don't buy that. I don't buy that he already has his own restaurant in town. No way. You're, you're no thinking way. like Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, like I'm thinking you have of to be an esteemed Vince Young's Hall steakhouse of in Austin. You know, I'm like thinking Michael athlete. Jordan's restaurant in Chicago. I'm not thinking some rookie who could get traded or leave in a couple of years is already opening up his own sports bar. I don't buy it. What about the fact that he might be the only – Delaware <laughs> superstar <laughs> in the history of the game. I mean, that's right? true. That's true. It's just like, when was he doing this? I don't understand. When he leaves the team, does he? Does the restaurant continue? Is he bringing it over to Annapolis? Maybe it's a franchise. I don't know. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? I think it's supposed to, you know, kind of play off the idea that he's really conceited. You know, he's really self-absorbed. So probably spent his entire rookie contract yeah. on this establishment. You know, not a great investment. No. I mean. I am, you know, Tex-Mex burger, Santa Fe burger. <laughs> Maybe the burgers are good, you know? The place was packed. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, a little unrealistic, but if it's completely self-funded, I could believe it. Okay. I could suspend my disbelief for that, you know? It could happen. I mean, my next one, I don't know if you're going to agree with it or not, is just how much coverage Heinrich gets on ESPN. There's no way there's this much coverage of this guy playing in Delaware. I don't buy it at all. Well, I mean, what if he's the, yeah, he's supposed to be like the Sidney Crosby, you know? of his fantasy generation, right? I mean, how much coverage would Crosby get? Who cares about Pittsburgh? I mean, I guess people from Pittsburgh care about Pittsburgh, but when you're the best, you're the best, right? 
The LeBron James, Cleveland, all right? I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. Wherever LeBron different James level, goes, different level of Heinrich to, to LeBron. How do you know how good Heinrich's supposed to be? <laughs> You've He's seen good. him. I've seen him play. The Heinrich, the Heinrich maneuver, maneuver, dude. Not that so impressive. Good. Not that impressive. <laughs> they, men- they, they, they mentioned like he's going to be breaking Wayne Gretzky's record and stuff like that. But I mean, the demons were at the beginning of the movie, eight, 24 and two, not a great record. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, it is common when you're one of the best players, you're going to get drafted onto one of the worst teams. Uh, usually, if you're that good, getting that much coverage, it's because you're winning and they're not winning. So, you know, good nitpick. I'll allow it. You'll allow it on my podcast. You'll allow it. Good. Good. Uh, What about, I mean, why would Ann be that upset that Dave got traded that he didn't tell her, I guess, but I don't, I don't buy it. The way these trades happen, players all the time don't even know until they find out on Twitter or ESPN, why she would be so upset that he didn't tell her. It didn't make for a good scene for me that her driving away in her yellow Volkswagen bug there. How did that age? <laughs> not great. That car is not age well. So I think it's just kind of goes back to like who Heinrich is for that scene. Um, I should, you know, I know that you know, and I know that like trades and teams, right? Like sometimes it's happening behind the scenes. The player doesn't know, right? They don't have a no trade clause. So the team can do whatever they want. I think she's viewing it from the perspective of he knew he was getting traded yeah. But he's just so worried about himself and his own future that he didn't think to mention it to her sooner or let her know um, because she wasn't on his mind. So she got upset about that. That's how I took it. It's a little bit of a confusing scene. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have? Um, I think there's a 0% chance that the Angels make it to the Stanley Cup with Heinrich. I don't buy that at all. They were terrible. They couldn't even skate. These are supposed to be pro players. Like their initial practice of their team looked like these guys are not competent at all. I don't buy Come it. On. Boom, 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 Bukowski. <laughs> guys, a wrecking train, you know? I didn't buy it. I didn't, it took like two minutes for them to go from first to last or going from last to first. I don't buy it. I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this nitpick because it also (laughs) would have been very late in the season. I mean, we're talking close to the trade deadline, which everyone knows is like, what, 20% of the games left around that time. Uh, And somehow they're pulling up from last into the playoffs and making the cup. Uh, I'll give you that one. Also, you know, Jordan, as you mentioned, probably not a lot of time left in the season, but in, in a Mighty Ducks movie, you at least get the tension of like a few games, right? Like, you know, they, they, they lose a game, they win a game, they make it to the tournament or the finals. This goes from he's traded to like a quick montage. Of, All right, now we're here in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're just here. You know, there's you don't get that breathing room of like him kind of building up the team. I mean, yeah. a little bit, but it's really squished in there. I mean, I forgot, you know, just from my old memory of watching this movie, I was like, wait, when is he getting traded? And then I, really, then I looked at the clock. I'm like, there's only 15 minutes left in this movie. I was like, how are they going to do this? I totally forgot. Maybe as a kid, I, re- I thought it was much longer sequence of him on the angels, but you're right. It was completely rushed at the end of the movie. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. It fell forced. Um, Leonard, I didn't, I didn't buy him as a pro hockey player. The guy can't even skate. They make him score three goals, Griff, you know, with his magic thing, but didn't buy it. This guy's not a hockey player. I mean, it's given me hope I can make it to the NHL <laughs> in, in the Disney universe, at least, you know, I, yeah. Just got to fall down. Can't even hold the stick. Can't skate. As, you know, there's a scene where he's uh, getting his stick from the little stick holder in the locker room, and he just falls down, not even on the ice, yeah. knocks over all the sticks. It's like, I mean, what's the minimum contract for the NHL? Someone's paying this guy hundreds of thousands? Like, uh, put me on there. Yeah. You know? yeah I, just... I can fall down. 
I don't know. Any others? It's a movie. It's a movie for kids, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> what? Without some slapstick comedy, you know. But according you to have? you, you don't think it's a movie. For you don't kids. think it's a kids movie, Matt? That's well. It's conflicted. You know, it's conflicted. It. It's, Identity it's crisis. Written, it's, it's written for kids, but it doesn't have enough of the heartwarming childhood tropes that a kids movie should have. It's just Will Friedle basically losing his mind for an hour and a half. Any other nitpicks before we move on to best quote? Uh, the I don't know. I don't even. Is it worth it? We're moving on to best quote. Best quote. They they spent money on a on an original song for this movie. Sign your soul away. It's a little on the nose. A little on the nose, Matt. I'm just saying you could have you could have upped the CG a little bit with that budget. You know you could have. Yeah. You could have done a lot. You know, money has a lot to do with the success of a movie. I'm assuming, Jordan, you would know better than me. Yeah. And I, you know, didn't need it. I would have much preferred a Screaming Banshee song in Paper Brigade than this Sign Your Soul Away song. You know what? I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up, Matt, because I, was, I recently watched uh, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Licorice Pizza, um, playing right here in Westwood. And I saw it in 70 millimeter and Paul Thomas Anderson was there and the entire Haim band was there also because the lead singer from Haim is first acting role in the movie. And at the end at the Q and a, they were talking to PTA and they were asking him about the music choices. And he mentioned that very same thing that you're alluding to, which is you don't want a song to put somebody in the mood that you're trying. Don't let it be the shortcut for what you're trying to get the scene to do. Like don't just put a song out there that you know is going to emit a certain re- certain reaction from the audience. It's just lazy writing he was talking about. And I couldn't mm. think more of a better example of doing exactly what you shouldn't do than that song in this movie. Not even the lyrics and the tone, but exactly word for word of what you should be feeling as the audience and what's actually happening of selling your soul away. It was just really bad. I thought exactly to that, to that quote from PTA. See, when, when you said he said exactly what I said, I thought you were going to say that he got up after his film <laughs> and he said... Uh, you know, I watched H E double hockey sticks and I just didn't I didn't want to make that mistake, you know. So I mean, maybe he but, did. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this guy's a filmmaker, he knows more than me, but it's in, you know, it's interesting that that insight. I wouldn't have thought of that. But you're you're right. I mean, that just like everything else, that song is right on the nose. It's yeah. telling you, you know, the mood, the candor. It's like, ah, oh, you're supposed to feel like it's a big mistake. Yeah. And uh turns out it wasn't actually, you know, it worked out in the end, but yeah, good point. Good point. I like it. So let's go on to some uh, best quote here. One of my favorites. I think Big Al's going to love this one. When uh, Will Friedle breaks the fourth wall, we see this over and over again in these movies, Matt, breaking the fourth wall, where he turns right at the camera and he says, if the client wants fireworks, fireworks, he shall have. <laughs> like he just the, the cough. <laughs> you love the cough. The cough is a classic. You, can, <laughs> you can't even get the it, line that, that is aged the best. It's timeless. You can use it whenever you need it. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorites. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. So you know, rewatching this movie again, yeah. Something that really, uh, you know, popped up in my mind is not the movie, but the the commercials that advertise the movie. You know, they usually it's kind of it's not really a trailer, but you know, they take funny moments and you know they kind of do like a little montage. And I just felt like. That's all this movie was. It's just a a string of one-liners that goes on for a very long time. There's that scene where, uh, you know, Heinrich goes on the bench after uh, whatever that loser scores a hat trick, 
and you got a like, like all the Will Fredells are on the bench, like yep. you know, saying "H E double hockey sticks." And I'm like, <laughs> did they make that scene just to advertise the movie? Like someone had to say the name of the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, like I said earlier, my favorite quote is "Hey, breadface guy," <laughs> which you know has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that says, but yeah, it, it just feels like this whole thing is just like someone wrote in a notebook all these like little puns and one-liners, and then. They said, all right, let's try to turn this into a movie somehow. No other favorite quotes from me. No That's other favorite it. quotes? Okay. I'll I love the smell there. of carbon monoxide in the morning <laughs> from Beelzebub. You didn't love that one? That's good. It's good. It's not bad. What else do I have here? The coach of the uh, the Angels talked about the goalie. His vision was 2020 before the team bus backed up over his head. What, what is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's, a good, That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, that is good. <laughs> I love when, uh, you know, I think uh, Heinrich asked Griff, how hot is it down there in hell? And Griff just says, you know what they say. It's not the heat. It's more the humidity that gets you, which is which is what I say about Florida all the time. Great line. Great line. Uh, yeah, that that one did, did stick out to me uh, during the contract signing scene. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Any others, Big Al, before we move on to uh, some unanswerable questions? No, I think Matt's right. I mean, the whole movie is one-liners, right? So you can yeah. list them on and on which ones you thought were funny. But I think we, we covered some of the main ones. The bus one, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. And the cough. Classic. Love a good cough. Uh, unanswerable question. So what does it mean to you, Matt, to lose your soul? When you sell your soul, what, is, what are you actually losing? Jordan, this is, uh, you know, I'm going to pass this on to you in a second. Um, the contract here is very vague. Like you said, like, what does losing your soul mean? Yeah. And as we find out in the movie, the contract apparently said that the the Delaware Demons are going to win the Stanley Cup, not, not him. Heinrich. Not him, yeah. Right. So, you know, like, so it, that was already pretty vague. I don't know if they, see, when I rewatched it yesterday, the second time, I tried to listen to say, to see if they ever said that specifically, that you'll trade your soul for the Delaware Demons to win. And they don't. So they didn't even set that up as like a breadcrumb, like, yeah. oh, you should have seen this coming. So, yeah, what, what would have happened if he sold his soul? I don't know. I, I guess it's a guarantee of going to hell when you die. Uh, no matter what you do, once you're dead, you go to hell and you become Pickle that's, Man or something. That's your, where you spend your eternity, you know? Yeah. Working basically to become a devil like him. But see, that seems like not really punishment. I mean... Well, I don't know. Like, Do you think Skid and Mark in, are having a good time down well, there? Well, in, in, in Little Nicky, you know, Hitler gets a pineapple shoved up his ass every day. Like, that's his that's his. Hey, spoilers, spoilers, Matt. I, you know, in 10 years, if the Little Nicky podcast happens, I'm sure everyone's going to forget by then. But, uh, yeah, they, they didn't really portray hell as, like, a place of eternal torment. Everyone's just kind of going to school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A little hot. Yeah. He also, you know, one of the lines that Griffel can use is to sell this whole concept to, uh, to Heinrich is, well, who are you saving it for, this soul? And Heinrich's like, I guess no one. Fuck my girlfriend. She doesn't matter. I don't need, don't need my soul for her. So I don't know. Yeah, they don't really get into, like, what's at stake here, which is kind of why the movie falls flat a little bit. Yeah, with all these devil type of movies, I never really understood what, what selling your soul was. Yes, you, you mentioned that, you know, maybe it's going to hell once you die. But I always thought it was something while you were living as well. Like you're losing a part of yourself, like you're losing something. I don't know what it reflects, what it ha what happens to you personally when that happens. But it just seems maybe you be become more selfish. Maybe you do become more, you know, I don't know, not not able to, I guess, share feelings with other people. I don't know. It's just, I don't know, it always struck me as something weird. Um, 
I asked if Little Nicky was based on this. That was one of my un- other an- unanswerable questions here. I guess we don't know for sure. Uh, why do we see only Game 7 of the Stanley Cup? I would have loved another montage of all the other games. Not enough time. Ran out of time. Not Too much Will Friedle like a- on screen. <laughs> Not enough hockey on screen. You know, I, I think they considered Peter Jackson for this movie, for the director role, you know, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, he was... Oh, this came before Lord of the Rings. We you know big three-hour movie. I guess they just thought it wasn't appropriate for the Disney Channel. Mm. You know, kids can't stay up that late. Watch yeah. all seven games. Any other unanswerable questions for either you guys? Jordan, why, you're why? in law. <laughs> when he asks him to initial here and then initial next to your initials, so that I know that you initial. Is that real contract law? That's, not, right a, that's not a real thing. That's not a okay, real thing. I loved sure. it. I loved it though. I loved it. Yeah, not a real thing though. Matt, you were gonna say something. Why did Will Ferrell do this? Why did he do this? That's unanswerable to me. Was it the money? You know, was it was it the drugs? I, I don't truly know. believe this was his like one chance to be a leading role in a movie and he had he had to take it, right? He starring anything else? My name with the president's daughter. How did that go? Oh. We love that movie. We covered it on the podcast. <laughs> was Big Al on that one? Did he, he fall was. asleep that podcast? He fell asleep, apparently. That's that to me. That's even smaller than this movie, though. Like this is even bigger for him. Both premiere films, both before the official decom label. The cast is bigger on this too, as that's far true. as like notoriety. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have taken this. Let's move on to some half-assed internet research. I have actually a lot to get through for this one. Um, filmed in Vancouver. Interesting. Not filmed in in Delaware or, or Maryland. Um, as you mentioned, Big Al, based on an opera called Griffelkin from the 1950s. You know, all these things are based from somewhere, you know, but yeah. Are they though? Do people not originally write movies? I mean, everything's based on IP now, even if it's something like this. If I knew that you could just adapt somebody else's story, I'd be right. I would have been writing shit for years. Well, you got to get the rights to it. That's the thing. Do you? Because if you say like Griffelkin had nothing to do with hockey, Right, like obviously they use the name Griffelkin, so that's like a conflict there. But it's but loosely if they had based renamed... off somebody. It's loosely based on somebody from hell coming to Earth, and even that premise alone could be tricky if you're doing no, it without. No, there's the no way you can own that premise. I mean, that's so generic. It it's is so generic. broad. It is generic. Yeah, I, I think where they went wrong was being like, well, we want the guy's name to be Griffelkin, and now it's like so obvious that we stole this opera story and turned it into like a hockey yeah. story for a movie but i'm gonna start looking into old operas and we'll come up with a movie yeah maybe we should all I mean, go see griffelkin the opera and, and compare it i don't know maybe we should all see it when it's playing next yeah i'm gonna pass on that one but this is not new for disney i mean almost every animated movie they do is based off something you know yeah. lion king uh, frozen all you know aladdin they're all based off of you know existing stories or adaptations yeah. right so and think about a studio like disney right they want to be buttoned up they want to make sure there's no possible lawsuit that's going to come from it they want to make sure they own all the rights so this is just what they're going to do but i want to talk briefly and this is maybe the saddest point of the podcast um but i, I do think it's worth mentioning especially because he's coming on the podcast next week randall miller the director of the movie um he was directing a movie <clears throat> back in 2014 called midnight rider it was probably going to be the biggest movie of his career. Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son was going to be in it. William Hurt was going to be in it. Zoe Deutsch was going to be in it. And on the first day of filming, the crew was on, they're looking for a scene 
to be shot on railroad tracks. And Randall Miller, the director, wanted a shot on these tracks that didn't get a permit for. It may have not, it was definitely trespassing on these tracks. And ultimately, the uh, second assistant camerawoman, I want to make sure I get her name right, Sarah Jones, was killed by an unexpected oncoming train during the filming of this movie. And it was a huge case. Um, very sad. Seven other crew members were hurt, one seriously hurt. Production was suspended. The movie never came out, never even got made. Very similar to what recently happened with all Alec Baldwin and Russ. Not exactly a similar story, but some, something catastrophic happening on a film set. Um, he was charged. The director of the movie was charged with involuntary manslaughter and criminal trespass. And he ended up pleading guilty to felony involuntary manslaughter and received a 10-year prison sentence for this. And his wife, who was producing the movie with him, also got, I think, a year, which he didn't end up serving, just probation. Um, a lot of other people got, got sued on this. I think he ultimately ended up just going to jail for, for two years, not the full 10, and then probation. Um, just a crazy, crazy story. It ended up in, in 2017 that Sarah Jones's family were awarded $11 million in damages. Um, and what happens for anyone who's not familiar with this in tort liability, what they do is they typically do a percentage breakdown of who's at fault. And by whatever percentage you are is how much money you owe of those damages. So what they found was that the train's operator was actually 35% at fault because they deemed that the train operator could have stopped the train and didn't. So 35% of those damages were by the train's operator. Randall Miller, the director of the film, was responsible for 28% of the amount. And then they said the remaining percentage was actually the land that the train was on, was just in a way that was not in code where you could see an oncoming train around a corner. So they ultimately said 18% was responsible for the owner of the land of the train. Um, maybe it's a little too much detail for the for this podcast, but yeah, just a, a tragic thing in this in the director's past. Wow. I don't want to make any jokes. No, this is definitely so not a I'm not, not a funny but I'm moment. gonna ask a but I guess it's the first uh, convicted felon on, on the podcast is that we know of that we know of. Is he so he'd be out of he'd be out of prison by now. You said he only served, what, two years, two years. Yeah, he's out. Oh. Wow. That's uh, I know we, we talked in the last podcast about um, Allison's actress uh, had a role in the Crow sequel, you know, the Crow famous for yeah. Bruce Lee's son being shot and killed. So I feel like I'm, I'm bringing a little bit of bad luck to this podcast. A lot of. A lot of crazy accidents tangentially related to these movies. Yeah. And I, I did not ask him any questions about, about this production or get into it with him at all. I'll, I'll mention it here just because it's, you know, I think it's pertinent about his background, but I did not ask him any questions about this on the podcast next week. Just a heads up. Um, probably, probably for the best. Yeah. Probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Apex Mountain. Let's try to liven things up a little bit. Let's start with Will Friedle. And we went through... We did my date with the president's daughter. We kind of went through his IMDb, so I don't know if we need to go through the full give, thing right, again. Give me, since I wasn't on that podcast, I just want a quick refresher. What did he do after this movie? Was there anything after? He's I mean, a voice actor, really. So yeah, so Kim Possible was the big one, right? He plays Ron Stoppable in Kim Possible. That is the biggest probably voice work, but he continues to work today. He's a very prominent, as Alex mentioned, voice actor. He's done a lot of things. They'll um, never let him on screen again, Matt, is basically what we're getting at. Except maybe, yeah. is he in Girl Meets World? I'm assuming he's... Maybe he is. I have not watched Girl Meets World. Yeah, definitely a cameo. a cameo. I think, you know, we said Boy Meets World was his apex, and I think it continues to be his apex. 
Matt, did you know that he is some voice in Howl's Moving Castle? Yeah, he's Howl. Is he Howl? Wait, no, no. Howl's Christian Bale. <laughs> he's he's not Howl. Uh, no, I didn't know that. But what yeah, is Howl's Moving Castle? It's a Hayao Miyazaki anime film. Hmm. He Famous, does part uh, of the English dub. Famous uh, Studio Ghibli film. Uh, Ghibli films, I, I believe, are either distributed in the America by Disney. So okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Let's move on. I don't know if you have anything else to say about Will Friedle. He was definitely peaked in the '90s, the early 2000s, and I, I, uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a long time in anything, and I was, uh, you know. I don't know if you have a, have you ever heard of Facebook, Jordan? It's that website. I've only heard of Meta. I've only heard of Meta. Meta, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you scroll through there and it, and it recommends videos. And I saw Will Friedle's face and it was on some kind of internet show where he, he paints like figurines. That's all, that's all I've got. He, he paints like little board game figures, uh, teaches you how to paint, which I thought was an unexpected uh, role for him. Yeah. Maybe he's really into it. I don't know. But anyways, that's the last time I saw him. Wow. Wow. Let's move on to uh, Sean Pyfram. He plays Lewis. Not a great career for him either. He was in Max Keeble's Big Move, one of my all-time favorites that we're going to cover on the podcast. He was in The Shaggy Dog. And 112, Shaggy dog. 112 episodes of Desperate Housewives as Andrew. I guess that's his apex. 112 episodes of anything. It's got to be your apex. But I don't know. The kid looks so familiar when I watched him in H double hockey sticks. And then when I looked up his IMDB, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I've seen it in a couple of things, but I thought he just had a bigger career just by the look of him. Well, he's got the the haircut, yeah. right? We talked yeah. about the haircut, you know, kind of the long nineties, grungy, bullish haircut. Not, not really bullish. He's got kind of the part in the middle going on. Uh, he looks like a standard nineties bully to me, honestly. Bully, interesting. Yeah, he reminds me of like a Draco Malfoy, Harry Potter type. Like I don't know. He reminds me of I don't know if you have ever seen the TV show Home Improvement with Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds me of like one of those kids, kind of similar looking. Uh, I'm not it's familiar a, with Desperate. He's a '90s kid. I think. '90s kid. '90s kid. But I think we I can agree, seen... Desperate Housewives. Definitely. That's that's the apex. That's the apex. Yeah. Is is it? Is yeah. it the apex? It is the apex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. 100, to 112 episodes, eight years. That's, that's, a long that's time. the apex. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah. This is on the Ray Perlman, plays uh, Miss Beezlebub. And she's kind of like the biggest actress from this movie. She's famous from Cheers, 275 episodes. That's Oof. Carla Tortelli. That's the apex, hands down. But just to highlight some of the other work that she's been in, uh, Matilda, another classic that we're going to cover on the podcast. She's a very prominent voice actress, most recently on one of my favorite animated series, the Harley Quinn series on, on HBO Max. Great, great show. And uh, the Bad Batch on uh, Disney Plus, uh, the new Star Wars uh, series. So, yeah, just a career actress, a lot of roles, but uh, definitely Cheers. Are you a fan of Cheers? I've never seen it myself. Oh yeah, Cheers, classic uh, Nick at Night show. Nick at Night, you know, yeah, I know if, yeah. I don't know if you were ever going to do a Nick at Night podcast, maybe just recap. I mean, I've know. been trying to get some of the actors from George Lopez on. I, I was a big fan of George Lopez as a kid. All right, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, I have nothing against George Lopez, but. When I go on Twitter and I see people referencing Nick at Night, they talk about George Lopez, and I'm like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" What? I mean, I'm old. I'm older than you guys, so to me, Nick at Night was like I Love Lucy, which oh. 80s sitcom. So oh. I guess you guys are younger and oh, it was, it was George Lopez, yeah, for me. I have no idea what that is, but uh, yeah, Cheers, uh, very very big show. It actually had a few spinoffs. Frasier, I don't know if you're familiar with Frasier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kelsey is that Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer, yeah. Kelsey Grammer, yeah. 
I actually didn't realize until you just said it that she was from Cheers, you know, with the pink hair, you know, and, you know, it's probably, I don't know, 10 ish years after Cheers, uh, I didn't recognize her. But when you say it, I'm like, oh, you're right. Totally, totally her. Yeah. Uh, last one I wanted to bring up is just devil movies. Um, rattle off a couple of my favorites. We already mentioned Little oh. Nicky. Did we not apex Matthew Lawrence? Well, I mean, we've, oh, you're right. We, we, we skipped Matthew Lawrence. Okay, right. Cut that out. Do Matthew Lawrence. Yeah, Matthew Lawrence. <laughs> okay. Matthew Lawrence, obviously we covered him on uh horse sense, the sequel jumping ship, uh, boy meets world as, as Jack Hunter. Uh, some of the other favorites are, uh, angels in the end zone. Another classic, I think another premiere film, brotherly love with all the Lawrence brothers. Great show. Great show. And, uh, the hot chick. With Rob Schneider, great movie. Great movie. Plays uh, the boyfriend in that one. Um, I don't know. What are we going to say that his apex is? Boy meets Jumping world? ship for me. Jumping ship. Jumping <laughs> ship. It's always a classic because it's all the Lawrence brothers in Jumping all Ship. Of them. Right? All of them. Yeah. He has a brief so cameo in Horse Sense. What about Mrs. Doubtfire? Have you guys <laughs> ever seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robin Williams. That went out of his age well, it's, but yeah. Yep. You know, maybe. <laughs> my perception is a little biased because I was a kid, I watched Disney, but I really, wouldn't you think that these actors would go on to be bigger stars? I mean, they seemed I mean, super famous. It's a common theme a on the podcast. I mean, yeah. All the Lawrence brothers were in so much Disney content. I'm like, these guys are, this is it. They're huge stars. I don't know if any of them do anything anymore. I know. I know. You got to get a Lawrence brother on the podcast. Have you had one? I've been trying. I've been trying. Even uh, Joey Lawrence's publicist was very nice. It reached out to me, but I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Well, well I'm sure Matthew Lawrence is always looking for HE Double Hockey Six podcasts. <laughs> so, you know, he's been waiting for someone to talk about probably his favorite movie. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, hey, maybe you'll get lucky this time. Uh, uh, before we move on from actors, I'd like to give a brief shout out to Paul Correa and Luke Robitaille, who both mm. starred as themselves in this movie, uh, famous hockey players for the hockey fans out there. Yeah. You love those. You love those little cameos when they bring in the I real do players. love that. Uh, Paul Correa, he shows up in a lot of movies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the last one I wanted to bring up was just devil movies in general. So my favorites, Little Nicky, which we previously mentioned. Uh, Devil's Advocate, a great, great movie with Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves. A lawyer movie, but also Al Pacino's playing the devil. Just, if you haven't seen Devil's Advocate, do yourself I've a favor. I've never seen it. I've do yourself it. a favor and watch this movie. It's absolutely insane in the best way. Great movie. One of my, one of my girlfriend's favorites. Really? She loves it. Really? Oh, yeah. Loves it. And the last one I want to mention is Bedazzled, which I don't know if you remember this movie. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Great Probably movie. ended his career. Great, great movie that really just captured what uh, we talked about how, uh, you know, when you sell your soul, they're going to play tricks on you. It's not exactly what you wish for. And that movie really captures all the different things Brendan Fraser's wishing for. But, of course, not exactly as he as he wished it. You know, all, all of his wishes that he gets. You know, it's always something wrong. I just remember him <laughs> wanting to be a pro pro uh, athlete and they make him this giant like seven foot basketball player with a with uh yeah i'll leave it at that okay um get him on the podcast too what, get old Brendan what, what is your favorite of all these devil movies here and feel free to add any more favorite of devil movies i mean I, we talked about little nicky as a kid i thought it was great not so much anymore uh, devil's advocate great movie yeah I'm, su I'm sure there's more that i've seen but right now Nothing coming to mind. I know Luc Lucifer is a show Lucifer? that my mom likes. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Big Mama uh, on the podcast. She might be listening. I don't know. But nah, not eh. 
Nothing My favorite man. devil, Nothing. Jordan, is still the old man dressed up as a devil from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Sanderson sisters. But uh, I think for they me, call me master. They call me. I haven't seen the other two that you mentioned, uh, but like I said, until I rewatch Little Nicky and ruin it for myself, it's probably still Little Nicky. Okay. Uh, one piece of memorabilia that you would want from HE Double Hockey Sticks. Do you have an answer ready to go for this one? Um, Give me I'm the sure bubble hockey all... table. Oh, oh, bubble hockey? Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That's, that's not where my agreement. That's not right. Cell phone. Cell phone. Of course. Of course. I zap you. I zap you. Come on, Wilfred. Give me the bubble hockey here. table all day. It's not special. There's Give me the goalie mask unique. from the host at Heinrichs. <laughs> I want the whole restaurant, all of it. I mean, I'll take a Delaware Demons jersey. I'm happy to take one of those too. Quick, uh, you know, Jordan, gonna gonna push us aside again. Uh, you know, after the Paper Brigade podcast, Alex forwarded a link from you mm. uh, about the the alarm clock from Paper Brigade. You can actually yes. buy this alarm clock on yes. eBay, Etsy. I've looked it up a few places. So I'm curious if there's any H-E Double Hockey Six memorabilia out there on eBay. Maybe a mm. sure you can Devils find a jersey or, or Angels jersey. Probably not too hard to find. I don't know. Shout out to my boy Fasu, though, who did send me the link to that alarm clock. And he's like, I think I want to buy this for Christmas. I was like, that's a that's a great choice. Yeah. My friend Fasu also loves these movies. So shout out Fasu. Um, one of our last ones. Who won the movie, in your opinion? Big Al? Ooh, the goalie? Um, uh, I, so when... Okay. So before, before I watch H-E Double Hockey Sticks... I asked Matt, I was like, is this the movie where they try to get the guy really angry to take the big slap shots and score the goals? And he was like, yeah, that's this movie. That guy won the movie for me. Where he's like, your mom's so ugly, they wouldn't even let her in tonight. He's like, don't talk about my mom. Love that guy. But Will Friedle, he's he's such a bum. I don't like him in this movie. No? It's really his movie, so that's why I'm just going to go off and pick a, a secondary character here. Or even a, a tertiary character here. Matt, what about you? I mean, it's a toss-up, uh, you know, between Boom Boom Bukowski and uh, the guy who got the hat trick. What was his name? The loser. Leonard. Remember his name. Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. But Jordan, Boom you Boom. can't tell us anyone's picking Will Friedle as the one who stole the movie here. I know well, you're not. I actually. No, it's, 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 it's who won the movie. Who won the movie? It's... So I, I've honestly, I messed up again. Because my who won the movie is the same person that I forgot to mention on Apex Mountain. And that's Gabrielle Union. Love ah. Gabrielle Union in this movie. She steals every scene that she's in. She's barely in it. Maybe she has like two minutes of total screen time in the entire movie. But love her energy. Love her dynamic with Will Friedle in this movie. But let me just quickly go back to Apex Mountain for her. Because I think now everybody knows Gabrielle Union as, as Wayne Wade's wife. Um but before she was Dwayne Wade's wife, she doesn't act so much anymore. I think she does have a TV series playing a cop on TV, but um, she was a major, major star in the 90s and early 2000s and a lot of teen movies, 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, Think Like a Man, Bring It On, of course, very famous. Uh, she's all that. Uh, but my favorite is Bad Boys too. One of my favorite movies. She was absolutely incredible in that movie as uh, Martin Lawrence's sister and Will Smith's love interest in that. But heck of a career. Heck of a woman. She does so many great things. Um, yeah, can't say enough about Gabrielle Union. Matt, what about you? What's what's your apex for her? 
Bad Boys are great. Those are great movies. Great movies. But that's got to, I mean, for me, that's probably got to be it. But H-E double hockey sticks. I mean, that's oh, definitely not. That's up, that's up there. And the director, no. Randall Miller, definitely talked about discovering Gabrielle Union in this. Like, he definitely brought up that maybe he has some, uh, you know, he's responsible for the career that she had. Yeah, tell, I him, mean, to, the, tell him to calm down a bit. <laughs> the, the scene where she's smacking Wilfredo with the oh, hot. Oh, just I mean, smacks good. him over and over yeah. again? Oh, I love that scene. Her, her character, I, I feel like you relate to that character the most in the movie. Yeah. Because she's kind of, you know, a fly on the wall watching, kind of giving some advice. And I don't know, I... I related to her the most, you know, just watching these idiots bumbling around for an hour and a half, you know, she, and she knows, she knows more than it, more than she lets on, you know, she's actually on the side of heaven and everything. And I think, I think she played the role well, you know, yeah. it, it was the only subtle acting in the whole movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I actually saw one of her recent films a couple of years ago, Breaking In. It's like a thriller type movie. Really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Um, so she does act. She was still acting. She's still that acting. was like uh, a few years ago, like 2018, 2019, something like that. But uh, a Bad Boys, of course. I mean, yeah. who didn't who didn't like you know Bad Boys and Bad Boys Two back in the day? Oh yeah, great movie. I think we'll probably get Will Smith on the podcast. You know, Jordan's working on it. He's working on it. I mean, we got Will Smith's co-star from Fresh Prince on the pod, so we could get a we could get Big Will on the pod. I think, right? Yeah. Pull some, pull some strings. He's doing some actually, press for King Richard. We could get him on. Real quick, Jordan. Yeah. I actually took notes. And whenever I take notes, I never read my notes. I should have read my notes earlier. But I do have a favorite quote, actually, mm, from the movie. Go for it. Better better than Hey, Breadface. Right? <laughs> now, both you and Alex, you, you might not get this, but uh, there's a scene where Griffelkin's trying to convince Heinrich to you know sell his soul. And he's showing him, like, hey, your team is like, shit, you need to do this, right? Like, you guys are just awful. And Heinrich goes, oh, we're in a rebuilding phase. Wilfredell goes, mm-hmm, talk to Bob Vila, buddy. I don't know if you guys know who Bob Vila is. He hosted a show called This Old House, mm. where you know it's up in Boston, and they rebuild houses. So nobody out there would get it. I got it, all right? That was a joke for the adults, all right? Not for the kids. So I appreciated it for that. We'll cut that. Okay. Uh... <laughs> all right. That, 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 get it out. <laughs> Uh, last last one here. Could this be remade for adults, sequel, prequel? I think this is going to be a, a hard no for both of you, if I had to guess. But anything else you'd like to see in the H-E-Double Hockey Sticks universe? No, you you could remake this. Not with these characters. But the, the idea is sound, right? Like it's like we talked about. It is a pretty boilerplate, you know, simple template. Yeah. Guy from hell trying to steal a soul. Why not target a pro athlete, you know, chasing some kind of championship? Would it be hockey? I mean, the title basically means it has to be hockey, right? H-E-double hockey six. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe you take it a step further, right? You, you, you do like the Space Jam thing where you actually get a real athlete to kind of be the Dave Heinrich, mm-hmm. you know? Um, find someone who's just on a team that's never going to win. But I don't know if hockey has a star big enough to carry the movie, like Michael Jordan or LeBron had. You know, those guys. Can we are come up with a pun names. for a different sport, maybe that could also work? A hell-related pun. A hell-related pun for for maybe football or basketball or, or baseball. What could we come up with? No. Throwing heat. What about throwing heat? Oh, the Miami no. Heat. You know. Both maybe Dwayne stop. Wade. Stop. Maybe, Ga- maybe Gabrielle Union Gabrielle returns. Union could convince Dwayne Wade to take this acting role. 
you know, it's possible. But he's already he's already won. He's on fire. He's on fire. What about that? No, man on fire is already moving. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he's on fire. I'm not, I'm not infringing on that one. I'm I'm cutting you off, and we're <laughs> both you off, and we're moving on to the next topic. <laughs> so I guess I guess nothing here. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I'd love to see a modern day hockey movie that is actually worthwhile. I mean, outside of Miracle, I guess. But what about a show set at the school? At the school in hell, the vocational school. What about that? Sure. Sure. I got, got I got one got, yes. It's got more more legs. I feel like than, you've already uh, started writing, Jordan. Is it <laughs> Screaming Screamin Banshee spinoff that you wanted to do? I, I think this one's a little a little yeah. bit better. At least you saw the school, you know. I, I'm sure whoever wrote this movie, one of the writers, they've got a notebook full of jokes. I'm sure that they can use for many, many episodes. So yeah. Okay. Okay, I got one yes. That's all it takes. Uh last question. I know what this answer is probably going to be, but did this movie, in your mind, live up to how you remembered it as a kid? Big Al, I'll start with you. No, I actually think I liked the movie as a kid, probably. But then you're so negative on this podcast, Big Al. You talk about how much you love this movie before we did it. This is one of your favorites, and then I'm getting such a morose Big Al today on the podcast. That's why we do the podcast: is you watch the movie you haven't seen in a long time since you were a kid, and then you ask the question at the end: Does this live up to how you remember it? And the answer is no. It doesn't live up to it. I think Wilfred L. probably appeals to dumb kids, which I once was, with his type of humor. And I don't even know how you would describe it. He's just fumbling around, scatting nonsense. Um, But no, I I don't. No, it doesn't live up to it for me. But we, we talk about Brink. I tell you, Brink was great. Of course it lived up. Mighty Ducks, of course it lived up. Heavyweights, the list goes on and on. Don't paint me as a negative character on this podcast. Matt, what about you? You know, I think about all the movies that, you know, I love Johnny Tsunami and Brink and, you know, Halloween Town. And I've seen them a lot. And I wonder, maybe I didn't watch this one enough as a kid, right? Because arguably these movies aren't great. You know, they're they're kids' movies, right? And so nostalgia plays a huge factor here. And if this came out in 99, you know, I'm, I'm really hitting that point where I'm I'm a teenager, I'm not really watching these movies as much. So maybe if I watched it 10, 15 more times as a kid, the nostalgia would have taken over. But I gotta agree with Big Al here. Doesn't doesn't really match up to my memories, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I think this was just one of my favorites as a kid. Um, and it's always gonna hold a special place in my heart because of that and how many times I rewatched it. And whenever because at the time we didn't really know TV guy, like we didn't know what was coming on next. Whenever Disney Channel would be like, up next, HEW Hawkins is like, oh shit, like this is this is my next hour and a half. Here I am. Um, but now, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't live up. Um, I think it's the fact that it has more views on YouTube than Paper Brigade. Come on, people. You're really missing out. I think that goes to how big a star Will Friedle was, though, right? Like that just goes to him and the Lawrence brothers. Like that's how big their names carried. And I think it was smart on the Disney Channel's part to be like, Let's get these guys, and they're going to make sure, no matter how bad the movie may be, Paper Brigade doesn't really have any stars, and it didn't really perform. Just fish. A, just a gun. Never fish. fish. All right, wasn't given Justice the for Fish. Due. Fish, if you're listening. He's not listening. On, Enough. He's not he, listening. He could be, like, if you were in a movie, wouldn't you Google your movie every once in a while, see if anyone's talking about it? And Fish, you know, he didn't go on to do a lot of stuff, so... It's not much to Google, all right? I would. 
Jordan, if you ever get me in a movie in 30 years, I'm going to be looking for that podcast of whatever movie I was in. Okay. Okay. Big Al, I'll let you have the final word on this podcast. In all, uh, hockey movies will always have a special place in my heart. Um, when something's your favorite sport and it gets very limited exposure, it's cool to see it uh, on TV. Definitely as a kid, I enjoyed watching this movie. As an adult today, it was still fine to watch. You know, a very, very infrequent rewatch, I think, is is suitable for me on this. Um, didn't live up to the hype, but I'm glad I rewatched it. And we'll leave it at that. You guys are going to come back for Genius? Is that a better hockey movie? I it guess is. we'll leave it, we'll has, leave it has to that. Has Genius not been done? We have not done Genius. So you guys are coming back for Genius, and we'll compare it to each of the hockey sticks. Genius Astounding. is a, a good, cringy movie to do on this podcast. I got that one memorized, Jordan. So I don't, I mean, a rewatch might not even be necessary. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, that, and wow. that movie produced some big actors, or maybe just one actress. Just one actress, but, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll end it there. Thank you guys so much for, for coming on. I think we clocked in at like an hour 20, hour 25. We could go for another 25, 26 minutes just to break the record Matt set last week if you want. This movie, I feel, is just not worthy of it, though. Not worthy of it. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to ask, you know, before it's over, did you try to get Wilfredell? Did you reach out to him, Lawrence Brothers? Nothing? Nothing. No response. Nothing. Even reach out to Gabrielle Union. <laughs> you know? Good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah. Director's but, good. I mean, director's good. That's a, you know, I always I'm say interested to listen to what he has to say. I always say it's better to talk to the director or the writer. Obviously it's better for maybe people. They want to hear from the actors. They want to see the actors, but in terms of who spent a year or two of their life, either writing it or directing it, like they know the story better than anyone, right? Gabrielle Union maybe spent two or three days on this, you know? So it's definitely easier to talk to a director or writer, but anyway, I digress. Thank you guys. Thank you all. We'll see you next week or the week after or some week. Bigger Matt is going to be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.